Holy fuck, am I excited about this episode. So this is Chris Williams, myself, and Andrew Charlesworth jamming out in Nashville after we've wrapped up the Gym Accelerator Summit that Push Press and HSM put on. We went and had some cocktails, and I tested out my fancy high-tech new podcast uh, shit. And anyway, anyway, it was just three dudes talking shop, drinking whiskey, uh, enjoying uh, each other's company and just talk about different things in life, not necessarily even all business related, but it was really good. If you don't know these guys, Chris Williams is a, a former client of mine. I had the privilege of working with him as he was building out his second brand. He owns CFT Fitness in Tracy, California. And then he also owns Altamont Performance Lab, which is a sports performance-based brand uh, that I had the honor of working with him to help create and grow. And then we have Andrew Charlesworth. He's been on the podcast before. He's a CrossFit HQ seminar staff um, individual. He's been doing that for over a decade. He owns CrossFit Twaybor, Tubor, Twaybor. Like, fuck. Andrew, I know I'm fucking that up, but God damn, that name's hard to say. Anyway, it's in the, his, his thing's in like Flint, Michigan. His gym's in Flint, Michigan. The dude hustles. He's got a great business. He's got a smart brain on him. And the three of us um, have been talking shop and business uh, at this seminar all weekend. So we decided to uh, to cut loose with some cocktails and just have some really good conversation. I really hope you guys enjoy this. Been for oh, a long okay. time. So. He's awesome. All right, here. Beautiful. It's recording. It all looks right. red. This is just good. Yeah, it's red. Red means recording. Oh. Um, I'll do an intro to this, whatever, but no. So that's so super interesting when I was in, we didn't get the link up, but when I went and did, thank the, you, my man. I appreciate that. When I went and did the Kalipa thing, yeah, I got you. Um, when I went to go do the Kalipa thing, I was hanging out in San Diego and I had hit him up and I forget, we couldn't get together or something, but I was just in San Diego by myself and I just went to one of the dispensaries Yeah. and I just had like six hours of just like walking around was it Santa where's where's Cleveland? he's San Jose what am I thinking San Diego San Jose say okay just walk around high as fuck just like in that it's a cool city it's a reoccurring thing remember, this it's is the second on the, city you got on one of those yeah, yeah. electric scooters like oh yeah I was riding yeah. around on scooters and I was doing the vlog thing yeah and that's when um so he works for street parking now uh why the fuck am I gonna blank on his name he uh but he he did the NC fit at Google so he took me to Google thank you brother Took me to Google, got me a, a fucking name badge, and we hung out there for the afternoon. That's showed me legit. where he does corporate wellness, and then Google just had all these restaurants on campus. And we went and ate a couple of them, and I mean, it was super fucking cool. Why am I blanking on my dude's name uh, at street parking? He now just he just went over there with Miranda and Julian. From um, where? Yeah, um, he was with NC Fit. He was with NC Fit. And he was doing their corporate wellness stuff. And then him and his wife, I think, just kind of got into street parking. I probably wouldn't know him unless he was on, like, somehow working in CrossFit. And, uh, yeah, I'm just driving me nuts. But, um, but no, it's the, the, anyone who does well in California in a brick and mortar, my hats are off to. That's just, I, the, the, yeah. I just, the numbers are just nuts from a I rent don't perspective. understand it. What, what, is it worth it paying, dealing with the politics, paying the taxes? for the weather and all the good things that California has, is it worth it, Chris? It still is, but not, I don't know if it will be for much longer. Mm. Where would you move? Going. So I have properties in Texas and I'm starting to kind of fall in love with that Dallas, Frisco, I'm not gonna lie, I get way more Texas area. vibes from you than I do California. And uh, I like it. I didn't like Austin. It was a little too hipster-ish. Way too hipster. Very yeah. crunchy. I was it's, just there. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, cheers, boys. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers Glad we're getting to do this. I liked, uh, I liked Dallas-Fort Worth. I, 
I like, I, I don't like the city of Nashville. Like, I call it Satan City. Like, I just fucking hate Why, it. Why, you don't like Nash Vegas? No, I, because yeah, it doesn't Tennessee. have any of the fucking shit I like about Vegas. <laughs> it doesn't have all fucking the gambling and Tennessee shit. itself. Yeah, I could see you here, though. Yeah, I mean, Franklin. Like, when we, yeah, I was in Franklin, Franklin for, a, for a two-brain tinker meetup, and I was like, this is my vibe. Like, yeah. there's like 12 total people here. Yeah. There's a ton of, like, cool old history. Yeah, and, and every house now, though, is appreciated, like, insane in the last year though Same with downtown mine. franklin's I, I, actually I, I, dope one of my favorite irish pubs is yeah. right down there in downtown franklin uh yeah. running that little main drag they had a great steakhouse that yep. i went to the first night that was like a little hole in the wall yeah so it, it reminds you a lot of where i live in tracy where there's like it's a lot of like it's it's obviously slower than where i live but yeah I, and, I, and i know it's like the fanciest part of like the nashville suburbs sure. Whatever, I work hard and I don't give a shit. When I was, so I was, my, this is my first CrossFit job was here, um, CrossFit Middle, Tennessee. Um, they're no longer a thing. But they were here and uh, I would go out to Franklin because I was still doing personal training for some people, like mobily. And I remember going out to Franklin, like, you know, the gates open and all that. And someone telling me, like, oh, one of Taylor's houses is out that is like, you know, whatever, four walks over. And the churches, like the campuses, the churches have schools on them. They have like rec centers. I mean, the church is fucking 85 acres. Damn. It just, it's insane. I was like, why don't we just start like a CrossFit, like a, a church? Like, how do I do a non taxable version of CrossFit, like as a church? That's a um, great question. Yeah, that was like my 2005, Damn. six brain trying to figure out how to make more than $600 a month yeah. as the manager of that gym. But uh, yeah, it's no, but I, I think California's real tough. Would you ever move out of? I feel like one, like you, I feel like you're a, a life or mission guy. Absolutely. How do, why? The uh, there's some you suffer in Michigan, dude. We suffer. Like weather. And weather. Just we economic. suffer. You're not. Yeah. You're, are the economic? Where are you at specifically? So here's what's funny about you. Actually, I almost wanted to give you my location when you're bored, like on the plane, to look up on Jim Real Estate Co. Because you would die laughing. I'm. I'm in a location where a house just sold for, I think, $2.2 million on the lake, okay? We're in Genesee County, which is encompasses Flint. I think within four and a half miles, you can buy a house for five grand. So it's like that sort of insane... Dichotomy, economic yeah. divide. But they, they, they try to build walls in, in cities with literally just pricing people out. And it's, it's, but it's so ridiculous. Um, I can't move out of Michigan because... I don't fucking know, man. It's just what the Midwest people do. They just stay. The lifers. You, yeah, you know. That's why, like, that's why you got. You must have got out of Cleveland I, early, I, dude. I didn't even take my finals in college. I yeah. finished my last. I took my last. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't walk. I finished my last final in college and left. I could not get. I'm like, I have to get out of Ohio. I'll be stuck here. I will live in Columbus, Ohio, or Cleveland, Ohio for the rest of my fucking life. Dude, come back. I, <laughs> dude, that's what everyone. I, I try to tell everyone. I made a post the other day. Um, I got a buddy. What is up? Yeah, we're just doing I testing got, some uh, podcasting record, equipment right now. I got a buddy. Um, you know, uh, did you ever watch Real, Real World? No, because I'm not fucking 16, okay. Andrew. Anyway, there's this dude from Real World. Fuck. He was um, his name's Zach. He uh, he was on one of the you know last was series within 10 years. He's from Brighton, Michigan, which is like right near me. He got pretty damn famous. I mean, this guy is fucking loaded now. But uh, I made a post. I'm like. I grew up in this city. I've had an opportunity to move everywhere, job opportunities, business opportunities. And I'm like, there's something being said about being the man in your city that when you just walk everywhere, everyone knows who you are. And like, 
I would much rather be the uh, the big fish in the little pond. And you help could people. do that though. Again, like no one. I didn't Absolutely. know one person in Charlotte. And I open up the gym and then, you know, a decade of owning the gym and I feel like I walk into most places yeah. and feel But that. do you remember high school? Like, I know in high school what I ever wanted is, first of all, I didn't have any brothers or sisters. So, like, my high school in Flint, it was a Catholic high school. It yeah. was only Catholic high school. So, it was all about whose parent, whose brother, oh, that's this last name, this whatever. And I always wanted to make that because it was just me and my mom. And I'm like, fuck, like, I want to do that for a generation in yeah. the same city. I don't know. I'm just making up excuses, but yeah, no, no. It's but like if you're gonna be a life. So my buddy, uh, he's a Cleveland cop, Cleveland lifer. Oh, yeah. We went to college together. This dude convinced me to join the volunteer fire department in my middle of nowhere school and in college. He's like, bro, the amount of fucking pussy we'll get, like volunteer firemen. You imagine when those toaster strudels get burned in the pot, like the oven at fucking two a.m. in the morning, we <laughs> come showing up. So he literally convinces me of this in like a five minute pitch. We were driving to get beer in freshman year. And then 10 minutes later, we're at the volunteer fire department signing up for that year is Tuesdays and Thursday nights, four hours a night for two semesters. Oh my God. I was a volunteer fireman and had my EMT basic card for a whole year. I was an actual EMT. Anyway, never had to use it in any legit way ever. Um, only for the thing he mentioned. Uh, but can you, but he was a lifer in Cleveland. He's one of those guys like now, now he's at the point where he's probably like, how old are you? 35. Okay, he's 12 years older than you now, and now he wants to get out, and he's like, I, I'm like, my shit's grown roots. I just, I can't yeah. leave here now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figure once you get to a certain point, especially you get kids and you get them in school, once they're in school and you're like, I'm not, I don't want to uproot them and take them out of shit. Yeah, but look at this guy. He's got properties. Like, I'm- Chris, do you have kids? Yeah, I got a four-year-old. Well, he'll be five in a couple weeks. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. So technically, you could, are you have a residential properties? Yeah, I've got three residential properties in Dallas Fort Worth. Okay, so are those Airbnb, they rental? One's an Airbnb right off the lake, Lake Louisville, and the other two are duplexes. So he's always got an escape. I can always come to Tennessee. I can always go live in the mountains now. Yeah. So how do you, from Tracy, how do you get hooked up with property opportunities yeah, that's in, weird. in Texas? So I got hooked up through Jeff Smith that runs the Tinker program for Two Brain. Got connected with Apex Investors. So once I got connected with Apex Investors, it was just kind of like- What is Apex Investors? Apex Investors is a mastermind for real estate investing. So whether you're just trying to like me, I'm basically just trying to balance out my wife's massive W-2 income because she's a co-owner in multiple scrap metal yards between all of the Central Valley and Nevada. Sugar mama. Oh yeah. <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. yeah. Said the difference is, you know, the, the like if you made if your wife made five hundred grand, would you stay at home? I'm the opposite of that answer. Like, yeah. I'm not cleaning shit. I'm not taking <laughs> fucking care of anybody. Like I I gotta have my own shit, my own dreams, my own you know. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Like, That's good. That's smart. So real estate helps me do that in a way that helps us as a family, and then the gyms obviously. How do you have you have you been a master? Is that your first? That's not your first mastermind you've been in, is it? No, so my first was Tinker. Okay. My first was I've tinker. never been in one. I've never participated. I've always paid for mentors and I've had uh, executive coaches. Have you been in a mastermind? I was just, are, are you, is this, are we going out here with any of this content? Yeah. Okay. What, I got to go back to the Tinker because I'm, conf I, I know a little bit about Two Brain, right? Like I'm supposed to know about Two Brain. I, I, some of the mentors are fantastic. I love them. Ryan McFadden, one of my close personal friends. Some I've like had some disagreements with, but nonetheless, it doesn't matter. But uh, this Tinker thing, I keep hearing about it. It's like, right. so it sounds like Tinker is you've done well with your gym. 
Let's talk to you about investments and other things like real estate, like, I don't know. Is that the Tinker Group? So on a basic like, level, yeah, that's kind of like the short pitch, right? Okay. The elevator pitch is you've got money. Yep. You've got somewhat of a passive income stream. I got to start my own Tinker. step into Tinker, not really entrenched as a day-to-day -day operator anymore, right? Okay. They've hired people and hired themselves out of a lot of the positions. So. Yep. Now it's the, what do I do with my hands now? Like, what do I do? Like, I'm lost. Yeah. You know, not necessarily, not everybody's lost, but they're very much like, I've saved all this money. I have a gym that basically runs itself. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right? So that's a lot of what I see come in. I also see a lot of people that are making $100,000 a year, right? And they're like, I really want to eventually be able to retire. Obviously, gyms don't do 401ks and... IRAs or union benefits or anything like that. So Tubring in the Tinker model is showing them if you want to open a second gym, let's build that path. If you want to, uh, maybe you think you want to open a second gym, but let's go down that path before you actually jump on it and realize, no, I really just want to invest money somewhere sure. safely. Yeah. Or But safe is a relative word. Like I, they're right. not financial advisors, so I'm sure they're very clear on that in that yeah. group. But also like, no, to answer your question, no, I've never had a mentor. Well, um, and the reason but, why, because I, it's not that I dislike the idea. I think there's like a stereotype of this mastermind idea. I remember, was it Barbell Business had one or something like that? It was like, like 30 grand a year to get, or 30 grand to get in. Like, and you get in network with people and hey, listen, I, I, if anybody, the people I know have known have put me on or put me in opportunities. I completely understand the benefits of networking and all that. I just have never done one. Um, let's start our own today. The only, the closest thing I ever did, Sean Pastooch started during COVID like this entrepreneurial meetup group. So it's like Marcus Philly, Kelly Starrett, Annie Miller, um, Rachel, oh fuck, I'm gonna fuck up her name. She's the first woman in major league baseball, like with the Yankees, she's a hitting coach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the movement maestro, Shantae, uh, out of South Bay, I think it is in California. Um, a handful of other people. Um, and uh, Gabrielle Lyons was in there. Yeah, and then I somehow they I somehow got asked to be in, and uh, it was insane to just like it just like once a month you get on there and everyone's just like, "What are you working on? What are you doing?" Like yeah. it was just, and then someone would say, "I got this problem," and blah blah blah. That's the closest I've ever done to anything like that. I like that though. I, I I think you and I have a lot of similarities of like how the brain operates. I don't medicate with it, but if I did, I feel like I'd be dialing in right yeah. now with. So I think you know I've been in multiple masterminds. I'll so do another. Yeah, one yeah, more, please. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna finish this one if, first. If I had to, benefits of a mastermind like two brain, especially like that Tinker Mastermind changed my life in ways I can't put into words. Right, mm -hmm. down 80 pounds since I joined, completely revamped my entire life, my mental state, everything. One of the reasons is I got in a hive mind with people well advanced beyond me up here in my in my brain capacity as a business owner, as a person. Yeah, doing things. You hear talk about, but you don't see. For a lot of us, we have to see like, oh, this dude that's younger than me that owns a gym owns four properties. But so you got to be careful. They, they got to show you. Just to your right. thing about residential, sometimes people own residential, and they talk shit like it's the most amazing right. thing on planet Earth. You know, it's it's not at the it's no it real takes estate work. in itself takes work. It's not completely passive. No, and it is very challenging. The only thing completely passive that you can possibly do 
is invest in dividend paying stock. I mean, in exactly. reality, that that is it. And not enough people like they don't think that's cool. They it's not fun. It's not fast. It's not, it's fun not to flashy. Talk about. No, it's not fun to talk about. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I think those groups need more reality check. Like, I didn't get hooked in the Airbnb, but man, when I took the courses on the Smokies. And I'm seeing all these young 27, 25 year olds with 10 conventional loads. uh, Where did you take the, like, what's the organization? Short term shop. It's called the short term shop. They're fantastic. I love them. I mean, I use them, they're realtors, I use everything, and they are super helpful. Like, I would, everyone who does Airbnb screws something up. Here's what they do. You're going to laugh at this. I go to a cool place. What if I owned an Airbnb here? Yep. No, you fucking idiot. Like, that's not how it works. You have to know the population of, I'm sorry, not the population. How many people are traveling there? How many hotels are around? Like, what's I, going on and uh, near an airport? Like, what what is your focus? And with the Airbnb, like in the Smokies, more people go to Gatlinburg, call it Gatlinburg, than Disney World. When they when they told me, that, I was like, No, you're lying. No, that is a sure massively shit, famous. Absolutely place. correct. And the local law has laws against hotels going in, an amount of number of hotels going in. And I'm Interesting. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, now it makes sense to so, me. But. I want to backtrack just a little bit. I talk about real estate because that's the part that I joined because of, right? Because I wanted to see what people were, I wanted to yeah. figure out that path and I didn't have another. There are a lot of people in Tinker that are just playing it really safe. They have oh, exactly they okay. what you talk about. There are always discussions on very safe, practical investment yeah. platforms. I'm just not that guy. Sure, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's I'm good, though, to be around the group the like that. and see what happens nice. kind of guy. Oh, me right? too. So. Trust me, me too. And I think, you know, when he came out with the, I did not, I uh, I didn't read the book. Um, I skimmed a bunch of it, though, and I I, I like the stages, and I, I like everything Coop's ever put out uh, content-wise. Thank you so much for shit. Um, but, no, I, I do. I think that that idea of, like, get, you know, creating levels and putting people in right. that and... Uh, I think it's smart because they said it today at the conference. You you got you want someone in front of you, like as the, your goal, your target. Right. You want someone next to you, like they have a workout. You want one guy whooping your ass, beating you, so you have something to chase. You want someone next to you, so you realize, okay, like I'm not the only one sucking. And you need right. someone behind you to realize, like, oh, I'm definitely better than that person. I think that that depth perception is super important. Um, yeah, I just the whole mastermind thing to me is, I think is I. I the tides and the ships and waters or whatever that fucking saying is. I, I guess that applies to that. The high tides raise up that the fucking water. Thing, yes, yeah. The one that like everyone I've heard likes. that so many times and I can't whatever. repeat it. Yeah, the high tide, <laughs> I know. Or rising tides raise all ships. That's yeah. right. I, Yeah. You know what's one I like that you guys will like? You'll definitely like this one. Is uh, I threaded this the other day. Um, <laughs> I love threads, dude. Threads. When threads came out, I was like, oh, they, they did it. I'm going to go for this one. Um Idle time is the devil's playground. And I feel like once you <laughs> once you have, like you just said, when you're out of the business and you don't do shit with your time, that's the devil's playground. Right, you're going to start spending on You're going to start spending yeah. money. You're going to start doing dumb shit. You're going to get bored, depressed, angry, or I'm going to go open another gym because it's the right. only thing I know how to do. And I think that is the best part about Tinker. Yeah, to their, I would agree to with To their that. benefit is they saw all these people moving in that direction, right? Because they're creating all these successful yeah. people. Well, you just lost your identity when you hired a GM. Yeah, you did. Good point. So what do you do? Well, in their mind, it's, I'm going to go buy that failing gym. It's like I'm going to go you. start a new one. With you. You sold Urban. You made it very clear to the audience that... And I checked. You were right. Someone did buy the domain. Nice. I want to... So... Woo! Who told you that? I'm just super curious. I can't remember, bro. I honestly that's su- can't remember. That's super... He texted... He, or he, we're talking to He goes, hey... 
uh, he's like, your domain's for sale. And I'm like, I did get an email from GoDaddy earlier this week, or last, earlier this month, or whatever it was. Um, yeah, anyone who's listening, if you happen to have it, just it's yours. I'm just super happy. I'd love to know who it is, though. I told you, I bought like, it for who? 150K. <laughs> you can have it back. <laughs> no, but you made it very clear to people when you sold Urban that yeah. you, it, the dream came true of the number you wanted. You had a number threshold yeah, yeah. that was met. Somebody's going to rent it out to you. But did you start to, did your passion honestly start to switch into commercial real estate prior to the sale, honestly? No, no. So again, and let's clarify, I never sold Urban. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, yeah. You know I, when I, mean. I leased out the building, when yeah. I just shut it down. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the day I bought the building, my my priority switched to commercial wow. real estate. Okay. That was the day, the day I bought it. I mean, that's the day I, I charged the business way more money in rent, which it impacted, like, you know, we always buy it. So in 2015... Uh, the guys who my money were like, get rid of WTF Gym Talk or go all in. Because you're half and half right now with the gym. So I, they cut off my salary, cut off my distributions. And that's when WTF went from doing like, I think in like the first, I was like open for, I was doing it for six months and made like whatever, like $40,000. And then within a year, uh, we were at 265 or something like that. Just me, it was a single man shop making little videos and all my bullshit. And I was like, okay, this is legit. Um, but that was like the thing that catapulted it. And ever since then, I was always WTF focused. The gym was secondary only because it was in place. It came back as a first place when I no longer wanted to be an affiliate. Then I was obsessed with figuring out what I was going to be next. Then once I figured out Urban and we were good, and when I launched that license model and we had 40 applicants within fucking 48 hours, and then we were sitting on a 12 unit deal, then I was like, I was all back in on Urban, but I'm still commercial real estate first. Like when that opportunity arises, I also had an obligation to the business partner. Yep. Like you sign that SOP and uh, or the uh, the partnership agreement. If these offers come in or this happens, you have to you have to stop it. You can't be a little bitch. You've got to put your owner hat on your land your real estate owner hat on and say, okay, that's the opportunity because he put money up on it, I put money up on it, and that's what we said we do. So I always had to like emotionally in the back of my head know if that opportunity comes. Even imagine I uh, ran the license of Urban. I got those 12 units and mine. Things are going great. And that opportunity still came. I probably would have had to do the same thing. I mean, I have a financial obligation to a partner. He could have, we could have gotten into a huge legal battle if I tried to bat, I tried to fight that, yeah. you know? Um, but no, it, it, the day I signed, I bought that building. I was not gym owner first anymore. Respect. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you can be. I mean, even the build out, the build out for the gym, if anyone was ever in it, was bad for a gym. It wasn't great for a gym. I mean, like, it was great for a coffee shop. It was great for a spin studio. But like, I just had an open warehouse in the back. And I just, I mean, like, even when we had our 3,400 square foot model, we were here. And then there's this whole section aside nobody used. It looks so stupid. It was just empty space. And members in the beginning be like, why can't we use that over there? I'm like, because it's not part of like the franchise, back that we were in a franchise, but not part of the franchise model. They're like, this is kind of dumb, dude. I'm like, I, I get it. I've done a lot of dumb things. Just kind of bear with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it was not a great building for a gym. I've said that over and over and over. That's why we never paid for ourselves to put HVAC in the back. My gym in the back did not have air conditioning. Oh, my gosh. And I believe a million percent over any gym today has to have air conditioning and heat. Yeah. The idea of this whole the CrossFit warehousing, but I didn't do it because in my head, within 10 years, someone else was going to come and do it for me. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. That's So, great. um 
Yeah, but no, to answer your question, no, I definitely checked out a beat of gym owner, but not in a bad way, just in the way you had to. We still made good moves. We still did things. We grew. I mean, like, we did all the right stuff, but it's just shifting gears, you know? Yeah. And the staff knew that, though, too. That's the other thing, too. Well, they were getting paid, though. Like you said, you had those meetings where you shared financials with everyone. Yeah. That's transparency. Oh, they, oh, they knew. I mean, they know everything. Like, the numbers tracker that I had, yeah. um, I had that for Urban as well. So, like, every Monday, the first Monday, the numbers tracker meeting. Like, talk, share every number to everybody that's significantly on staff. Part-timer that's, like, fucking two classes a week, that guy don't need to know. Yeah. But all your main, you're like, your leadership team, they need to know every dollar in and out. I think it's what would help keep gym owner or uh, coaches from bouncing to try to open their own shit. Because they all seem from service level, it's like, oh, owning a gym's easy. But, dude, you sit in a numbers meeting every Monday and you look at, like, all the line items of everything yeah. and see how much an owner may or may not be taking. Or even if they are taking a lot. I wouldn't think to go open my own and compete with him. Like, he's killing it. Am I going to leave here and really think I'm going to fucking beat him? Like, there's no fucking way. Like... So, but I know how much money actually was left over. Maybe I can make a, you know, I can make a, a plea or a, uh, a business case, pay me some more money for this. Cause you know what, what's available, what's in the budget, you know? But, uh, I got a newsflash for you. Business owners who think that they can do it all themselves can't. And they ultimately lose this game. When I first opened my original gym in 2011, I had this mindset. I did it all the coaching, the marketing, the admin, and I even tried to save money by handling my own bookkeeping and using TurboTax for my end-of-the-year tax return. Holy shit, was that a mistake. All those other hats in the business that I was wearing, I could keep wearing them because they were either low-skill roles or I was naturally good at them. But Google searching my way through IRS tax code loopholes and trying to make sense of QuickBooks and fumbling my way through the prompts or you know, whatever cheap tax prep software I paid for cost me over $10,000 my first year in business. That's how much money I left on the table for the IRS to take because I didn't know what I was doing. The business owners who realize they need to stay in their lane and outsource their bookkeeping and taxes ultimately put themselves in the best position to win this game. I had learned the hard way, but luckily for you, there's an incredible firm to make this easy, the Fit CFO. They offer a completely done-for-you service that includes everything from bookkeeping, tax prep, strategy and filing, payroll management, all the way to their CFO service where they literally work with your business to increase cash flow through the Profit First model and establish KPIs to help you achieve your desired level of success. And what I love about the Fit CFO is that they also offer financial planning so you can start saving and planning for your future retirement from the fitness industry. I personally rely on the Fit CFO to ensure that my financial future isn't left to my own devices and the wayward advice of some random YouTube personality. And listen, I'm sure that accountant your mom recommended is doing a great job for you. But if you've ever felt that they lacked fitness industry experience and you want to test the waters with a firm that only works with fitness entrepreneurs and health and wellness entrepreneurs, you need to check out the Fit CFO's free strategy call and financial blueprint course. This is free for you to access right now. Head over to fitcfo.com backslash WTF. You can book a call and learn how a firm that literally only deals with people in our industry can save you thousands of dollars from the IRS and help plan your future by giving you the guidance needed to make smart financial decisions. So if you like money and want to have more of it, head on over to fitcfo.com 
backslash WTF and book a free strategy call and download their financial blueprint course. It's full of incredible resources like pre-built financial projection spreadsheets, business plan templates, and lots of information on like understanding how the profit first model really works and tax saving loopholes. So if you like money and want to have more of it, head on over to fitcfo.com backslash WTF. Don't handicap your business by thinking you're going to handle this role better than seasoned professionals. Partner with a firm like the Fit CFO and witness what real ROI looks like. All right, back to the podcast. Yeah. I, did you guys find it funny that the, me wearing, like being a, like a CrossFit representative there, out of all those people, I was the only one that brought up the term money. Because I, I feel like, or you might have not been there when I was there. I know you weren't there, but like. This morning for your coffee? Yeah. yeah. I was there. Okay. Yeah. I, w- w- affiliate owners are kind enough. <laughs> they're, they're empathetic enough. They're compassion. They're, they have compassion. I mean, all these things like, let's, let's flip the script a little bit and start talking about money. I thought well, the way you explained that was really, really strong. Thank you. Because it sounded a lot like Coop in terms of. Oh, really? Okay. He. He says the same thing all the time. Guys, you have to make a living. If you don't make a living, you can't help anyone. Yeah. Right? So if you're not making money, you're not helping anyone because yeah. you're not going to survive. It's a classic air mask you right. know, thing. For I just like... You I, sounded for a second there when he said you sound like Coop. I didn't, couldn't tell whether you took that as a compliment or you didn't like I've that. I've never... Honestly, the only thing I know about him is uh, I went to... I played basketball in college and it's uh, Lake Superior State, so it's in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. I think his gym was in Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. Oh, on the other side, yeah. yeah. So it's literally the other side. So I... For three years, I never even went across the bridge, but it was like this giant city. I went across once during the summer when we were working out, and I was like, there's a whole city over here. This thing's kind of big. It was, it was crazy. And, and I say that because he talks to a thousand gyms all the time. He's got a thousand gyms listening yeah. into the, you know, to his words. And the way you said it tends to get across to that large scope of gyms in varying well, I guess levels and states. I guess so when you said thing. it, I was like, he's going to hit. Like, yeah. it's going to hit. I don't the mass of the gym. But like look how kind you are. Look all the things you've done. Um, do you agree that most most owners, I mean, they they kind of most are staff too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Most staff. I think that's probably the most poisonous part of and maybe poison is the wrong word, but that's the word I'm gonna use, is it's the most poisonous part of staffing a CrossFit gym. Is you're getting people with this very grassroots level belief in CrossFit. It should be for everyone. It should be given to everyone. It yeah. should be, I'm lucky most of my staff has bought into the idea that we have to make a lot of money to be able to help as many people as we want. And you know, That's good. Also, 2020, I decided to go full-time model and build a lot of full-time staff. That's amazing. Which created its own flurry of problems at that time, but now obviously it's paying off. Yeah. But they realize for me to be full-time, the gym has to make a lot of money to pay me a California living wage. Yeah. Right? So I brought them into where they have to accept that the gym has to make a lot of money and do really well and hit certain numbers. But you heard the lady that I helped bring all that uh, lift water or whatever it's called, that protein water up here. She's struggling because her own kids can't afford the gym. Are you talking about the lady in the front who I answered right. that question for? Right. Well, I, I, I fundamentally needed her to understand. Do not leave or do not let them leave until they understand 
what they're paying for. Is it? I thought that was really good. Or, or charge them weekly. For a frame of reference, because people listening don't can't say. There was a woman in the front who uh, positioned. She's a huge advocate for CrossFit. She owns a CrossFit, but if it wasn't her own CrossFit, her children, her kids, who have she's mentioned they have full time jobs, would not be able to afford CrossFit. Very curious what those full time jobs are. But um, and then Andrew stepped in, and uh, and gave an answer that I thought was very reasonable yet. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't aggressive, but it was definitely assertive. In the words of our boy Joe. That's it. Yeah, the very, assertive. Was very assertive? assertive, dude. When Joe was talking about sales, I was like, I'll never remember any of this, but I feel like I end up doing it. But well, and it's listen to a lot of your free info, and then like, I think I said this to you because if people listening to this are like, I heard Stu Batch CrossFit or whatever, I'm like, meet him, talk to him, and understand. Make your own opinion based on interactions first like that's what you sure. do with sports i learned that in a sports movie i remember like I, when you play sports it's different i i can't treat a player how he is until i make my own personal interaction with him yep or her like whatever it is they're on my team i don't i don't really find you telling people like right now go de-affiliate for no reason just because you you're disgruntled i mean right. i don't i don't see that no if, if it's in their plan that maybe crossfit isn't for them and they they it would work for them then to de-affiliate by all means but for the most part um i mean the proof is in the pudding just the way dan brought up that push press thing on google like literally right there it's not even remotely close the google analytics say having the word crossfit is very good and with us building the landing page for the yeah, new yeah. affiliate finder map there's all I, these and things. i've never ever ever advocated in general like from my mouth to a met one to many to people i don't know de-affiliate Right? Someone comes to me and they're like, I don't like CrossFit anymore. I don't whatever. I'm like, then why are you doing it? Yeah. Right? Like, and I don't care what, I got CrossFit gyms that are clients. I got CrossFit gyms that aren't clients. I don't give a fuck what you do. That, and that's right the thing is I'm agnostic. Like, I, I have Orange Theory clients. I got fuck, I have anyone. Again, I, my thing is just, I solve problems. Like, what's the problem to solve? I don't give a fuck what flavor your fucking, you know, your thing is. Yeah. That, that's irrelevant. I just, I have better reference. But if you're like things like, I built this CrossFit thing and I fell out of love with it. But I'm hung now because not hung in the good way, like black guy hung. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, uh, <laughs> like I'm hung in the fact that uh, if I deviate from cross, I'm gonna lose a bunch of people. I know exactly what it's like. I lost 40 people fucking essentially overnight yeah. when I pulled the rig out, right? And deaffiliated the whole deal, man. Like, Dude, but I, I swear. So frame of reference again, if you're listening, like the mental fit lady. She was amazing. Very Talking good. about oh, mental very, I got to sit next to her. I was very, um, very happy about sitting there. And I, I, I pulled her aside off kind of, you know, mic, and I was like, hey, I, I got to get something off my chest. I feel like so many people are disgruntled because they have too much debt. That, I, I know this is like a huge conversation shift, but I'm like, when you live with debt inside of your personal, inside of your business, like, you don't realize why you're not going to bed at night. Whether it's, that's why I asked Stu earlier, like Stu's cool at that, he has a lot of cash flow, he's got goals, commercial real estate, it's, it's different, it's a different scenario, but you have different goals. Most of the times when affiliate owners are pissed, A, it's because they're not making money, but B, like, they have a mortgage. They yeah. have, they, they, they lease a $50,000 car, or they bought a $50,000 car. They can't, like, what happens to you as a human being from the psychology when you pay off your debt? My wife and I, huge components paying off consumer debt. We're pretty much consumer debt free. We will be very soon. And then it's like, all right, how do we attack the rental home versus the house? 
Do you segment your consumer debt? Like, do you have categories of it? Like, yeah. Uh, you can do a debt avalanche or a debt snowball. A debt snowball, for the Dave Ramsey fans, you pay off your lowest debts first. Doesn't matter of interest rate. Because it's psychological success. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Debt avalanche, attack the interest rate. You might not get the biggest gains, but over time, you'll end up saving money and, inter and overall paid interest. So it's like, I don't know. And I just, she said, it's funny you say that, because as a marriage counselor, the number one thing that couples get divorced on is not sex, it's finances. And at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I mean, you, dude, that was a great primal example. You said your wife's a sugar mama. Love it. You fundamentally, because primally as a man, you're like, fuck that. I'm going to do my own dreams, goals, and visions to provide for my family. Right. Beautiful. Because right. that's what you're meant to do. You don't, I mean, you have, hey, you have it harder than most of us do because... You got to almost, com you're like competing with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, good for you, though, for not being a piece of shit. <laughs> right. Like, and just and being lazy. And like fucking nuts. You know? I, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, look, the, the pyramid of the hierarchy of the development of an athlete. Man, I sound like a level one trainer. The base should be expenses. What are your expenses for your life? Attack those first. Don't try to be stew and be wealthy with commercial real estate yet. You make... 40 grand a year, don't have 65 grand of expenses. And now let's work from there. Maybe you'll be happier. I don't know. But I'm nuts. I, I agree with you, honestly. You know, I think too many people get in this pigeonhole of having to grow, 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 grow. Because TikTok and Instagram and Facebook says, I got to grow and I got to be yeah. rich. And I got 25-year-olds that are blinging on me. And it's like, how much money are you making? What's your expendable income? Do you even know what that number is? Do you know what your monthly expendable income is? When I ask people all the time and they almost can never answer them. Yeah. Should I go buy another property? What's your expendable income? Will I don't just, know. Will you just go ahead and uh, give the operational definition of expendable income? Expendable income is after you paid all your bills, you put money in savings, this is what's left over, you can expend and don't care. Like, so it won't hurt expendable income equals income minus expenses equals expendable income. Right. For me, that means you've also put money away in savings. Okay. Right? So yep. that means you've got a percentage. Income minus expenses and minus, minus savings. savings. Yeah. So Equals. that if, if an emergency happens, you've still got money to cover that. This is your expendable income. You can do whatever you want, fuck all with, and it doesn't matter. Do you know that number? If you don't know that number, you shouldn't invest in anything. You should figure out what that number looks like and then figure something out because you can't buy a property that will bring in a payment with for more money than your expendable income number. Because you're not going to rent it month one, probably not even month two, maybe yeah, not yeah. even month you three. You may not even, in this interest rate, in this time, you may not even cash flow that property year one. No. And you got to be prepared for that. However, mortgage pay down, appreciation, and uh, tax, a huge tax advantage. So, like, why are you in real estate? I'm in real estate for mainly those. I mean, I, right. I'm not, I don't, yeah, I'll cash flow the Airbnb at some point, but it's not. It'll cash flow probably this year a little bit. Nothing to write home about. No. You know, but all the other benefits I'm getting. Account over it. Do you guys, um, the one thing I, the, the main re, one reason I like commercial real estate is the classification of an REP, real estate professional, for tax purposes. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's stuff like that that is like, there's definitely loopholes as long as it, the, you know, next administration keeps things going. It makes a ton of sense. Residential to me was always the scariest. Residential to me, especially on the Airbnb side, short-term rental, was always like, there's uh, there's a constant opportunity for melee. 
constant For opportunity. What? Melee, just like Mayhem. chaos with the Mayhem. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it and the the rentor is has zero incentive to not cause me melee. Like when I go to a hotel, right? You just like towel, you're like, fuck this towel, I'm gonna use it one time, whatever, fucking jerk off and throw it in the corner. Like whatever the fuck. Like you treat a hotel room like garbage. Like <laughs> Like, I wish there was someone that had a TikTok account and they were like a maid, like a real, like legit fucking maid, career maid, and they just TikToked going into people's rooms and chronicled. You just gave someone a job. I know, right? You Dude, know. This, is a, this is a great, this is what I do. So like they go in and be like, what kind of human was here? And you notice one where just fucking blows still on the fucking, yeah. that glass table that the shitty TV's oh, on and dude. all that shit, condoms in the corner, blood, just a little blood on the sheets, like whatever it is. Yeah. Anyway. That's how I think of like, because when I first was get, like, my buddy Ed, when we were talking about it, he's like, well, I do residential. And I obviously wanted to bite off commercial because I own the gym. But I also had money to help. I was like, maybe I'll do residential. And, I, and thinking about it, that was the highest. The thing that scared me away the most was what annual tenants who don't give a fuck, don't give a fuck, calling me two o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. And they don't put money into my property. That was the only thing on residential or commercial. I went, I started going to meetup groups. Remember meetup.com? I would go to commercial real estate meetup groups. No, we don't remember meetup.com. You don't remember meetup.com? No, I, I was on Facebook and things like a okay. normal human. Meetup.com. I'm probably already married. Yeah. 100%. Meetup.com, no, it's not, it's not <laughs> yeah, a fucking meetup. Yeah, you remember meetup.com? Meetup. Meetup. We were both like, <laughs> it was like, an or, I remember it because we would try to organically be like, you'd find meetup.com and there's like, Women who like to take walks to lose weight. Yeah. And then you'd send a trainer okay. to like go there and infiltrate it. Anyway. Oh yeah, I wasn't social. No. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, how do you guys wreck that? Like, is that, how much of a uh, pain in the ass is having residential tenants, whether it be short-term rentals like Airbnb, or like you leasing someone on a one-year lease? I think they're two different animals, right? Your short-term rentals, so some of that can be can be swayed by positioning. And by positioning, I mean location, how luxury you went with the property. And I'm sure you've got something to say about this with where you're at. But what I found being right near a lake and getting a designer, I mean a legitimate professional designer to come in and design the property, furnish it, everything. We haven't really had those issues because we're attracting a different clientele even just off the pictures. Like party animals won't touch that house. But then does it put you at higher risk because the second like I get, my buddy gets too hammered and he shits on your nice couch that you got from West Elm from fucking will, nine I'll grand. I'll take in right there. So understand the type of Airbnb that you're getting. Short-term rental, sorry. First of all, this is the funniest like top, like if you're listening to this, <laughs> it's guys who own gyms like, oh, I'm going to learn about squats maybe. Ah, I don't learn about running a gym in California. Let's stick on real estate and financial freedom. I yeah. fucking love it. It's great. So in Airbnb, you also have to look into what type of property you're buying, who is going to actually book that. I have what's called a honeymoon suite. Okay. Here's who rents it. Married couples getting away, newlywed couples, et cetera, et cetera. What do they do in there? More than likely, they have a romantic evening. They leave us a five-star review, and then they leave. They come on my sheets, and that then leave me a good so review. So anyway, we'll go on to the so next you one. You definitely don't have to worry about the towels. If you go to a different one, uh, a friend of mine in our a gym who got me into this, he's a mentor. He's like a, a father figure mentor for me. Um, way bigger property in the Smokies. A couple million dollar property. Cash flows way more. Appreciates way more. Way more headaches. I think I had a porn shot in mine. X, Y, and Z happened. Yes, somebody put a hole in the wall. We have had no issues because 
think. You have a romantic evening. Why would you're like, wow, this is a great little cabin. It was cute. I love it. We got to go to Dollywood. I'm for sure leaving a five star. Nobody's review. having like their Nambla quarterly yeah, chapter meetings in but there. But I'm getting less cash flow because I have one bedroom. So it's like, so I guess you it's pick your poison in Airbnb when you know the market. That that's really it's it. similar on commercial. Like you look at the property sets and you're like the asset classes, you have, you know, industrial and office and retail and, and you look at office and office is like take right now out of the equation because office sucks right now. But like office was super benign because office is necessary. Like I need the employees to be here. And if the business, if you pick the right tenant, they would grow. So let's say you're in an office with fucking 600 doors and they're going to take 300. If you bet on the right pony, right? They're going to be like, hey, in a year, can we take another 400 doors? In another two years, can we take another two, whatever. Um, it can grow into it. But like then industrial is always like, industrial has always historically been shipping, storage, warehousing, all Which that. is the best one to be in right now. Yeah, correct. With e-com at the peak, correct. And, and the nice thing is the, the properties don't cost. I'm all set for now. I'll, I'll give it now. one more. Can you open a tab for me? Yeah. I have to have another night. E so like e-com, you know, makes warehouse really appealing. CrossFit, obviously. CrossFit was the thing that the biggest thing that happened in industrial that industrial doesn't realize or you'll if when you talk to commercial real estate because i come what up i'm so sorry can, can you text nicole for me and see sure. if uh stanley cup is sitting on the like checkout desk it was like by like right when you walked in black stanley cup and just if it is can they just grab it yeah you send the text right now yeah no but like so industrial is like super safe not expensive to put up but it also can't trade for a lot it's not, what do you mean it can't trade for a lot? Uh, historically, the reason CrossFit gyms went to industrial is because back then industrial wasn't popular. Like you weren't, it was they're massive, right? So your price per square foot isn't as high, right? And it's also it was generally undesirable business. This is before the pop of ecom. Yeah. So when CrossFit gyms went in, suddenly there's this insurge of these idiots that are just like, and idiots myself included. Hey, oh no, we like your warehouse. It's got a little bit of office in the front, and I can throw a rope up here, yeah. and they're like. Yeah, okay, because I've been finding a hard time finding people that have 18 wheelers to back up to a bay doors don't exist for people to run out of. Yeah. Bay doors that existed for trucks to pull up into. And when Thank owners you. of industrial were like, uh, there's a lot of fucking crazy white dudes with tattoos that are really fit looking like wanting to lease my property. That was that was like for them. They never would have thought like when they bought that property, they never thought in the world it would ever be a gym. But CrossFit did that. And Greg Glassman put out those two articles, like building out your gym. But it really wasn't as much Glassman as it was the crash because the industrial asset Correct. class got fucked the worst. Yep. And then those guys were like, you want to rent it to do fitness? Whatever the fuck, dude. I'll give you a year free if you sign a seven-year lease. <laughs> exactly. I'll blow you in the corner. Which Let's is, go. which is, it was, it, it, like I said, it was a perfect timing for the big boom of it everyone was. to come on in. The recession was over. It wouldn't have worked in retail. No, but I, I do see like, um, what's the, is it grow or die? Is that like a TikTok sale sort of like grow or die? You probably, yeah, probably I've heard, heard people that, right? say that. And I do think that, um, recognize it, you know, if you've been doing the same thing for eight, nine, 10 years, it is time to look, take, reevaluate and understand like, maybe I would be better in retail. Maybe I can shrink my square footage. Maybe, um, you know, if that's your goal, but it all goes back to what you said, figure out first what you need to live, your expenses, and then from there, reverse engineer everything. Right. Reverse engineer everything, and then go from there. People, I, I don't do a lot of the things well, but I know I know how to do it, 
when it comes to marketing, Instagram, etc. I just I don't need to. It's it's not something I need right now. But if I had to feed my two boys just because of getting more people in the door, then I would be doing these things tomorrow. Like that's what matters to me the most. So I I don't know. I like because you're all industrial. Yeah, we're all industrial. It's um, and you know, we came in on that on that rush of that oh, wait, post 2000, 2000 yeah. We got in two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen in the building we're in now. But we were, the previous owner before I bought it got the whole building right. It's like twenty thousand square feet. Wow. Multiple suites, subsidized down two of them. Third one was eighteen T, which was where APL ended up going in the long run. We're down about 9,000 square feet for CrossFit. So now we have three rigs, open gym space, personal training space, four or 5,000 square foot, 20, 25 person class space. So it's like, you got it all going on at once. You're around the corner in the same building with uh, access facing the opposite way. So CrossFit faces south, APL faces north. APL is a strength and conditioning facility with only a 900 square foot um, training facility, but it has 2,000 square feet of office space, something that our CrossFit had none of. So when Chris and I were working together, his so he was just opening up APL, and he had this space. He was trying to think, because we know who the real client of youth athletes are, parents. Yeah. What are we going to do to make fucking youth parents come in? And his the original pit, the thing we came up with was, let's bring in tutors. And if we can pitch the parents that your kids are going to come prior to their session, we have actually tutors on site that make sure they're doing their homework, make sure they're getting some study done. Boom. However, all good plans on paper don't actually pan out. So I'll let you. because That's we're a great plan. It, it's, like, it's, that it sounds amazing. So, sounds fantastic. Me and Chris are talking about it. We're, I mean, like. We, Even saying it now I sounds know. great. And, and I was all in on it. But again, that's the thing is when, you're, when you hypothesize problems or uh, solutions to problems, they're only good there. They have to be tested in the fucking wild. Yeah. Right? And, and so and Chris went and he got the tutors and he tested it out in the yeah, wild. They declined it at first, so I just, I approved yeah. it. So it should be good. Oh, I needed it. Yeah, just run it again. I didn't Thanks. charge it anyway. So. Thanks, and then, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, talk, talk about that. Because yeah. that was, I mean, I, I'm like, oh man, that's a fucking grand slam. Let's go. So on paper, it sounds amazing. It does. Until you walk into the against the Cumans and the Kumans and the No no no. It is called Come On. Okay. It's called Come On. Come it's on. the picture of a fucking kid. It's a squig I swear to God, and I'm not saying this to be fucked Mathnasium up. Mathnasium is another one. Mathnasium? What are these you guys dudes talking about? Are these hiring, are tutoring franchises. These oh, dudes okay. are hiring UC UC kids and MIT and Cal Poly and all these like, like just savage educated kids. an hour to tutor during the summer, whatever, year-round. I don't know what their model is, but I know any tutor I talk to about, do you want to, let's do a split, like just something simple, even 70%, but we'll feed you the clients. Hell no. Really? Like I have a full roster. Wow. So then it was like, okay, I can give you 100% or maybe you just pay me rent and you can use my facility. Why would I do that when I can go to their houses for free? Mm. And I'm like, okay. So maybe this model isn't great, but bright spot is because of the way we set it up. We had a conference room. We had homework areas. Kids still use it. They still, when they're waiting for their parents, they'll do homework. When the pandemic loosened up to where we could have people in the building. Which is yesterday in California or Yeah, what? Like okay, three weeks ago. Got it. Yeah, you know, three, four weeks. Well, whenever, right before school ended. Uh, 
2020-2021, we had our best athletes. I'm talking the ones that are just dedicated, right? Start with three or four of them. They would wake up at 6 a.m., come to the gym at 7, work out, 8 a.m., go sit in the conference room and go to school together online. Now, how many kids, I don't care what generation, do you know would get up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym at 7 a.m.? On their own. Their parents are not waking them up. Their parents are flabbergasted this is happening. Well, I mean, that's division. That's what I did. I mean, that's right. that's division one athletes. That's what. Mind you, every single one of them went division one. Exactly. That's that's a cool story. I mean, you get to die knowing you did that. So that's right. a, I mean, and that's what it comes down to with a CrossFit affiliate. Like they get to die. It's always guys like you. It's always people who have that. I think I said it on the podcast before. It's that humanitarian mindset. But I want them to be capitalistic in a way too. Other other spaces. Right. If you just want to make money, I, I'm not. If you want to make the most humanly money possible, you have to learn to invest. Like, like you, commercial real estate, res, you know, Airbnb, whatever. Uh, like, I'm a huge crypto guy. I still believe, you know, with making my moves there, that's probably where most of my net worth will end up being eventually. But uh, yeah, like I don't know. That's beautiful. That's yeah. that's beautiful. No, yeah. so it sprouted. Now it's doing really, really well. It's doing. That's I cool. mean, it's sixteen to eighteen thousand a month, but sixty clients. Wait, wait, wait. What? It's doing sixteen to eighteen thousand a month with sixty clients. That one area. That one. How many small how many strength feet conditioning gym? Oh, nine hundred square feet. Yeah, so that's fantastic, dude. Man. So. When we started working together, and that that, that that was the project, was APL, was the main thing that we did together. And I was just like, in my head, like when, when I see a thing, I'm like, all right, I've got an, I, I, I kind of come in with a preset mindset. I'm like, all right, let me, what do I think this could do? Or what do I think? Whatever. And that's why before, as you were like walking, I was I'm like, this dude fucking grinds. Like, nine hundred. Like I'm like, okay, maybe he'll do seven grand out of there, eight grand. Because like, I'm thinking of like what I've seen. And it just... I just got a hats off to you. You you work incredibly hard. And here's the thing is, and I um, only because we've had we had some of your staff on calls. You, you, I think you do a very good job, probably in leadership. And I don't know where that comes from. Um, I hate doing day to day. That's where it comes I know. From. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I don't know how else you like. I honestly think if your ability to run HR, HR is always the bane of the existence. You will eventually figure out your marketing, your branding, your retention, like all that stuff in the systems. You'll eventually figure that. If you do it long enough, you'll do it. The thing that's the hardest is the human beings because human beings are fickle. And you're only two two key employees away from your life being fucking uprooted. Yeah. Take the number two employees in each of your gyms, rip them out right now, unless the next people are instantly readily available to absorb it at the same level, your life will be more complicated than it was prior. That's the hardest thing about the micro gym. And I would say that and people would shit on me. It's like a micro gym owner, nor was I, is ever fully removed. I was never, I was always two people away from having to be back in it. Yeah. If I, if they both died in a fucking car accident the same day, okay. And, and we know how long it is to hire in our industry. And COVID made it even longer. It is way hard. I don't know if you're having a hard time hiring people post-COVID. My number one thing is I would love for somebody to create a great employment recruitment firm. Just like every other industry has. There's a headhunting company for every industry. IT, CEOs, consultants, lawyer, whatever. That hunt and find people around the country. Find the top talent and go, hey, this gym's hiring. And because all of us, I think, would pay extra money if the dude was a fucking killer, girl was a killer. Like, 
Oh, she was a GM at Orange Theater for six years, and then she owned her own studio. She closed it due to COVID, um, but and she started whatever. But she still has these skill sets. Yeah, like. I would pay more money if I knew there was performance on the back end. The reason I think a lot of gym owners are like, I'm going to pay this small amount of money. They know there's no performance on the back end. Like, you don't hire someone and think, they're going to make me 10 grand a month. But other companies do. Like, Orange Theory hires a sales manager and talks to them and extensively interviews them and looks back at what they were selling before. They were selling Cutco knives. They were at the fucking the kiosk trying to sell you foot cologne. Or, hey, sir, can I ask you a question? And you're they're like, just, no, you already did, relentless asshole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, relentless. Yeah, I'm still not fully bought in on Orange Theory as a company. How? Like, How? hold on, I didn't finish the sentence. <laughs> I don't think I think individual Orange Theory gyms do well, much like individual CrossFit gyms do well. But I, I do wonder, like. If they, they can't all do well, like there's well, always going to be losers. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, but my, my, my thought process is if you're going to be this much of a like huge thinker, like, and don't get me wrong, I train Orange Theory trainers. Like, this is not, I, I, I've done a class, like, actually, I haven't, I lied, but I pretty much have, you know. Um, <laughs> no, 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 what do you mean you pretty much have? You know, I lined up, I lined up a rower in my gym. I lined up a, <laughs> shut the fuck I lined up, up a woodway shut, treadmill. Shut I threw on up. orange lights and I played some amazing <laughs> music. I sat by myself. I <laughs> you, looked at my heart. I drank monitor, two rebel rabbits and worked and out. And then I went, yeah, 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 maybe it was a dream. But anyway, nonetheless, like, um, I, I'm surprised they haven't had variants yet. No, why? No, they're a franchise. You know this. They yeah. cannot no, I get how a franchise operates. Yeah. I do. And most CrossFit affiliate owners, they are even if they're frustrated, they're very thankful they're not a franchise because they do not, you do fundamentally do not want to be told what to do. No, but you also fundamentally the re, okay. Let's say Orange Theory wasn't a franchise. I'm not dissing Orange Theory. I know, I know, I, you're not. I, I, I get know. it. I just uh, Orange Theory. Let's say they're not a franchise. Let's say they're a license model like CrossFit, and they dialed in like this thing. Let's just do this thing. CrossFit gyms. I would say one of the biggest flaws I see in owners, they change shit up too often. too often they do too many different things how many gym Guilty. owners i had a crossfit and then i offered a light or a barbell or a, a you know whatever an easier version yeah. or i changed my programming from mayhem to this or i rearranged the gym and i got rid of all this equipment like they change these things thinking that's the root of the problem like nobody gives a fuck yeah. except for you about these things that you're changing you think adding this class so uh, let me say the name of gym like, you think adding this kind of a, a light barbell-based class is going to fix your problems? Like, well, I think it'll allow me to access a, a, a new market. Like, I think it would. Here's the deal is there's seven brands probably within this market that do it better than you. You're doing it like a couple days a week as a side thing. At right? one time during and the I'm day. And I'm also like, when you started CrossFit such and such, did you dream of starting a little barbell light side of class? They're like, well, no. I'm like then you're doing this because you're not making enough money on your original thing. Correct. And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, then let's try harder. And by harder, I don't mean work harder. Again, it's smarter. That's my fucking tagline. Hard work done smart. Like, do not work harder if it's not actually smarter work. Yeah. And you had, there's a huge line between those two. And like I said, I, I love taking your free advice. I, I, we... We have more consistency in the program. We're always, Jen's always, my wife's always going to write our program because it's based on, I give this, you know, if you do book a free call with me in the Midwest, <laughs> that was a plug. That's funny. But like. What's the, wait, what's the call for? 
Just like business advice and like help me out with some no, shit. I, I, so you have like a hotline with as it a as the Midwest affiliate rep. Yeah. Any affiliate in the Midwest can call you up. Yep. And be like, hey man, I want to book a call. I've got issues. Absolutely. I have office hours from eleven to three Monday through or uh, Tuesday through Thursday. That's All right. Great. How many people take advantage of that? Probably not enough. Uh, the Midwest. I'm not like it's not like a competition, but I am very 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 booked. Um, okay. Probably. But I pro do you get the same idiot calling you every single Monday? No, and 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 I think, um, but I will listen to. If you need to call me a few times in a row, I'm eventually. You're gonna not really an idiot. I was just saying, idiot. No, no, I'm going to refer me. you out to mentorship because as much as I want to be your mentor, I, I can't. That's I can't so do it. With, time I, I can't do it with 800 gyms. But what I can do is give you a free 30 minutes to start, analyze your problem. Hey, here's a few. Like CrossFit has its own mentorship. I, I talked about that today. Like. I mean, in the affiliate partner network, we'll have two brains speaking at my summit. Right. We'll have best hour there. We'll have, you know, wait, CrossFit has their own mentorship. I'm going to refer people to CrossFit mentorship, especially when they don't, they don't have like, we'll be the in, less, the least expensive because we're trying to help you and maybe not have you have to use us. Best hour is fantastic. I've referred 16 gyms to best hour over, I think over the last year or something. They're great. I mean, I've referred people to Ryan uh, in, who are local to Ohio. So, I mean, I would like to work with you, but that's not my job, right? I, I'm an I'm a employee, which is hard because I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I'm an employee for CrossFit right now in this stage of life. And, like, you have an option to get help first. You know, you don't need as much help, but if you needed to go to Katie, she'd be there for you. She would make time first, and then she'd analyze what she might come out to your place, whatever. But I mean, we've never had that. That's never existed no. since affiliate. You've been an affiliate, and that's the reason I've had what Stu is my first mentor, mm -hmm. right? Back in 2017, and then I had Jarrett Perlmutter who owned Brick JP. LA. Yeah, yep. JP for years, a couple years. I had I worked directly with Jason Klepa for a while under the collective, uh, whatever his other thing was. And then I moved to Tuber, right? And I can tell anyone that asked me about mentorship that every mentor is going to give you a different spin. They're going to give you a different vibe based on where they came from, what their directional value is. No one else could have directed me for Altamont the way Stu did because Stu understood outside of the CrossFit sphere, creating an, a unique, identifiable model that would not touch anything else in my market. Sure. Right? And to this day, that is the reason we're successful. Because we never walked away from a personalized strength and conditioning model. We didn't call ourselves a speed and agility place. We didn't call ourselves a CrossFit. We didn't identify as a group model. We are individualized, whether semi or completely personalized. So I couldn't have done that with two. Well, I probably could have done it with two Rain. But I couldn't have done it with NC Fit. I couldn't have done it with JP. I couldn't have done it with a CrossFit mentorship, right? Because these are just focused on different types of businesses. So people have to realize when they're getting into mentorship, you have to find the right mentor for, for your goals too. They align with your core values, your vision, your mission, what you're trying to accomplish. If you're not trying to be a CrossFit, CrossFit mentorship is probably not the right idea. Yeah. I'll, and I'll also, I just want to say, because I give I give a ton of kudos to uh, Two Brain and what they do. I do believe that's more mentorship. I truly have like, I really want. I'm just gonna. Uh, 
I like to be I it's a, I like to be a problem solver. I like I like very I like I'm a fucking sniper. What's the goddamn problem? I want to create this thing. I got 900 square feet. How do we fucking do this thing? I like to solve a certain problem and then go out into the world and kill it, my man. And then when you got a new problem that pops up and you be like, "Man, this thing's fucking specific." I'll give Stu a call. But it's all like I want to I want to solve a problem. I want to get fired as quick as possible cuz I think my level of success is my like what I want on referrals. Like we did this whole marketing thing. We never launched it, but I had clients say, I fired Stu because, and it was always, I fired Stu because we finally were able to pay my GM, blah, blah, blah. Or I created this comp plan. Like I would just, I want to get fired because that means we got there as quick as possible. You should get paid more to solve the problem now, faster. I say this because I have a redheaded child. So behind the red hair and the, <laughs> the language, that's truly kind. It's because it's actually my child. It, it's truly kind. If you think about it, it's your, you're doing your job because- yeah. Sometimes mentorship, it's a business. And at the end of the day, like if I lead you along and, and make you depend on me a little, it's just like a personal trainer. That's why you, because you, you still, you started as a CrossFit gym. I'll do, uh, I'll do one more and then we got to hit the road. You, Thank you. And, and you, hey, what, you want one? You sure you don't want one? No, just I, I got to pee so bad. No, we're going to the, we're going to eat and we're going to drink more. Okay. Um, it's good. So point. like, and close me out with Joe when you get a chance. Thank you. You know, I love that mentality. I think we all love that. If you're a CrossFit affiliate owner, I love I love walking into my gym. I coach twice a week. That's it. I'm not going to lie, dude. There are times where I walk into the gym and I'm just like, I am here to completely just play this new music that I absolutely love and, um, and check in with every single person. They've been with me for eight years. They actually, that's, they only want to like bust my chops and like chat. Oh, shit, yeah. That's all they want to do with me right now. Now, if there's a brand new person, I probably am going to put all my energy on them in that moment. I mean... But at the end of the day, they're, like you say, autonomous. You are looking for autonomous customers when it comes to mentorship. I, I, but I don't want to mentor. Yeah, I don't want to mentor. A, yeah, I feel like it's too broad. Yeah. Like, I, I just want to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah, you like solving problems. I love yeah. that. That's great. I yeah, yeah. I, like, I like puzzles. You, you and I are kind of in a similar boat. I don't coach at all. But that's because we developed a coaching development program to where – about 18 months ago, tw maybe a little less than 18 months ago, I realized I have to retire from coaching because y'all have just... Better, better. Like, you just went way too high for me, and I I will come in and fuck this whole thing up. Yeah. So, like, I can't step on the floor You're anymore. the owner, comma, and the best coach on the floor. Yeah. There's a huge problem. Yeah. It's, and it, it might not be present to you, but I promise you it's lurking. You cannot have CEO. You can't be the best CEO in the gym and be the best coach. Yeah. You might have, uh, I'm looking, I, it'll be interesting for you to see how you grow gym real estate and stuff too, because you're going to have to take your own advice there. At the end of the way. day, right now, <laughs> it's, you're getting stew. So you may have to have a team. Well, no, no, no. So that thing is, I want jobs, not businesses. I read Company of One by Paul Jarvis changed my life. Company and of One? Company of One okay. by Paul Jarvis. It's the idea of not necessarily only having a company of one person. Like I've got an admin, I've got a yeah. full editing team, I've got all this shit. But it's the idea of running a business so lean that you can just drop the mic anytime you fucking want, but it also allows you to have maximal profitability. So like sure. with WTF, company of one model, I've got a full-time admin, a full-time creative director, I've got uh, three full-time editors. But if I told, I send them, like send those guys, hey, shut it down, boys, we're done. We're done, no more content, whatever it is. That's what it is. They're out of jobs and whatever, and that sucks. But, dude, I, I'm able to walk away from it. I'm not like – but I, I hire freelancers and people that I'm not their probably only source of income. Yeah. Maybe. Um, well, and, but, I mean, and they got to be prepared. Your editor's got to be prepared. 
AI is like right there. Bro, the editing. It is very scary. So there's a, it's called Opus Clips. Go to Opus Clips. You can take long format video. Imagine we shot, I was recording video on all this. Upload the video. If it's 30 minutes, it'll take three minutes. If it's an hour, it might take 10 minutes, but it just spits out and listens to what you're talking about and cut, creates micro content from long format video. So Sean Pastucci, I did a podcast and I just sent him like, I'm like, here's what Opus Clips did. It was a B minus, a fucking B minus. And it was, the website's been out for like a month. Bro, it was absolutely incredible. Thank you. I did, um, uh, there's a wedding photographer in the gym very elite wedding photographer. I, I, these wedding photographers can charge immense amounts of money yeah, once yeah. they get their clientele. Her, the new AI software that she has on... To edit the photos? You can add humans. Yeah, yeah. You can make the dress longer. Yeah, yeah. You can make them look leaner. You can do Adobe Photoshop. Yeah, it's, it's like insane. I'm like, oh yeah. my God. But going back to that, yeah, no, but that's the thing with the gym real estate, buddy. Like, it's, I'm going to make it a job... I'll, I'll leverage it out. I'll figure out how much money I can make while still having, because I, I have a rule of how many hours per month I work. Um, That's the red, yellow. That's the red, yellow, green. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So uh, 40 hours a month is like kind of my spot. It's 40 my, hours my spot. a month. Yep. You're, you see, here's the funny thing. I'll tell you this right now. If I watched you all day, you're working way more than that. You just don't realize that you're I, working. So I'd say I like, uh, yeah, no, I'd say work. I, I've always been curious. So like I'll, I literally spent two and a half hours playing around on opus clips and playing around like figuring out how like that's work like researching this thing like it's like, fun but it's it work. is it's work right but like direct billable work 40 hours that's what's allowed me to keep like a client list like Got nope it. i can't take you on i'm only billing 40 hours or 40 whatever it may be um but yeah i just want it to be a job like the second i build onto a business and i hire someone to be the next gym real estate whatever and he's in fucking uh wisconsin and he Fuck! Now I gotta keep I I gotta keep this thing going for that guy too. I just don't I like I personally I like I just like the freedom. Be like I'm gonna go to Ireland for the rest of the month and I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah. And but if I don't do anything and that guy's working, he's gonna suffer from that. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. That's just that book. I, I'm tell you, be careful if you read it because you read it and you're just like. It just makes it just it put it put a different level of freedom because at that point I had freedom. I'm like I got a staff and they're good. I've had Isaac for a decade. Yeah. I've had fucking dues for going on five years at that point. I'm like, and I love those guys. Um, it's the, fr I mean, yeah, the freedom. Like, you do have to be careful reading certain books and getting the influence on sure. it because you may. But the mental freedom you have is true peace and serenity. And sure. that comes with. Thank you so much. <laughs> starts first with no debt. Then it goes to a great, you know, uh, you have to have some sort of relationship with the way humans or spouse or anything like, you know, like, it's a. Uh, are you a workaholic without knowing it? Maybe. But at the end of the day, you're doing what you love. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like. Yeah, I mean, like. I and you can I, step away from it anytime if you want. Yeah, so I just think it's like, I, uh, I think all of everyone who's, who likes what they do is technically a holic, right? Like, I'm a fitness holic. Yeah. Right? Like, I, uh, I'm a techaholic. Like, I like, yeah, I just, there's all crazy. kinds of crazy shit. Just, I like, like, fuck, I like it. You gotta own one Bitcoin. Come on. You have, I, I don't own a single coin. Just own one. For you me, said, just you send own me the one. specs on a single coin. 
What do you mean a specs on a like, single I, like coin? Like, aren't there different kinds of coins? Like, different no, stocks? No, I like, said own one Bitcoin. That's oh, just, it. that's the just one. own one just Bitcoin one on so a ledger. Get into, so are there any other coins that are worth anything? Absolutely. There's. So why do you like this one? I have plenty of Because you have the most of it. No, I'm curious, I, what's your opinion on XRP with it being listed I've been again? holding XRP since 2019. What's XRP? It, it was some shit with uh, it getting delisted or the SEC trying to go after Real quick, it. Real quick, if got you're listening away, to it, right? yeah. So XRP is a digital security by a company. Uh, it's not a security now, sorry. But uh, the Ripple Labs, they wanted to balance cross-border payments. It's very expensive to send money overseas. It's very slow. They solved that problem. They solved the problem. It's what, why over. Is it, I don't know what the problem is. It's very expensive to, to send. wire money. Yes, very expensive and very time consuming. I don't think I've had to wire money overseas. Well, regardless, a lot of people have to do it. They solved the problem of cross border payments. They were sued by the United States SEC in 2020 for being a, or doing unregistered securities. They traded unregistered securities. They said, no, we didn't. Um, and after two and a half years, they won the case against the United States SEC. They are not a security. They just got relisted, did 100% when I was traveling over here. I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be, I've been waiting two and a half years. Is this going to be the time I have to sell? But it, it's not. It's still got plenty of room to go up. But don't get me going here. We got to go. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, like, I'm surprised with tech, with mindset, with books. I, I just you don't understand hard. What is a hard? What is hard money then to you? No, it, I get it. I you get. I get the real estate. It's a contract. Yeah, that's why I think I like real estate. Because I can it's hug property. It. No, no, no. It. But here, understand this: the man upstairs, whether it be the government, the president, whatever, they can tax you out of your own real estate sure. if you don't have enough. Eminent domain. They can just take it. Absolutely. Right? They I'm cannot gonna... take my keys from my Bitcoin from twenty-word password. I'm they would have to shoot me. So what does decentralized real estate look like? You're talking if you're using blockchain technology. Uh, yeah, like estate, is that a thing? It absolutely is a thing. Oh, here so we go. A lot of people can. <laughs> so if no, no, no. Let's say you and I combine properties. Okay. Okay. And we took the revenue from our properties, the cash flow, whatever it is. We could offer that up to people in theory inside of a coin and pay them dividends based on it. Hey, we did well. Here's dividends based on it. And then the price appreciation if we ever sell. The price goes up in the coin. I mean, you can fractionalize anything inside of a crypto market. Oh, shit. It, it's harder to understand. But, it's very hard to understand. Um, once you study it, it's just like you study commercial real estate, though. It's very hard to present. But it's, the one thing is, it is perfect. Bitcoin itself is perfect math. It's perfect math. It's got a limited supply. It can't be recreated. If anything ever happens to it, it's seen on the blockchain. There's no fake counterfeit. You can't counterfeit that. I had someone come to me and say, I want to rent your roof. And I'm like, for what? He goes, I want to set some Bitcoin mining things up on your yeah, roof. Absolutely. I was like, if you want to put your pretend little robots up on my roof and pay me some money, I'm super happy to do so. And uh, we went back and forth for a little while. Are you sure it wasn't helium miners? I don't know what it okay. was. Yeah. But then he had to make me sign. There was something. Uh, he had to make me sign that some of the machines can get really hot. And there is a fire hazard associated I was like, oh, well, then no, that can't be on my fucking roof. <laughs> Your fucking little crazy fucking machines cannot. I don't yeah. know what they're mining, but like I picture like solar panels on my roof. So I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'm like, how much are we talking? He's like, well, I got to go up there and measure. And then he like gave me this, this thing that I had to read through. And I'm like reading through this fine print about they catch fire. I'm like, are you fucking high? Yeah. Like, Get the fuck out of here. It's probably helium miners. I, I had some of those. They were... Uh... Yeah, they're really small. Like everyone was getting them, they were excited, and that that thing crashed. Everything's gonna, a lot of things are gonna crash. But are you an XRP holder? So I was for a long time, 
And then uh, I don't know when it was. It was like I sold a while back. And I was like, I'm going to buy back in. And then the whole SEC thing happened. And I was like, eh, we'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're going to own one. I'll, t- I'll teach you how to hold it offline. Uh, you, you say, yeah, you send me whatever. So how much is a Bitcoin? How much do I have to buy one Bitcoin? Right now? Uh, Should I buy a coin right now? I mean, it's your bank account. You need to buy one for, it's going to be probably slightly under 31 grand. Um, 30,521. And it, there's no translation to what that is in dollars or it's direct translation. I just said it was 30,000. 30, okay, it's direct translation. Yeah. Yep. Does that current, does that number change country to country? No. So it'd be essentially like buying one stock. Say yeah. one stock of Apple is $30,000, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? BlackRock, who owns 11 trillion, it's the biggest uh, asset manager in the entire yeah, world. Yeah, I know BlackRock. They are doing a spot Bitcoin ETF because they recognize that this is an international asset that essentially is digitizing gold. What gold wants to be is what Bitcoin finally did. Sure. It, it, it gold did takes it. up physical space. Yeah, it did it. It did it with math. It yeah, did it with stolen. It did it with energy. Has anyone hacked or stolen Bitcoin? Not even AI. If you lose, so like let's say Stu gets drunk, he loses his uh, Bitcoin seed phrase because I would have you keep it offline, okay, to be safe. You just, it's gone. It, it's not like it comes, it, it flies away and it never comes home. But you just made a contribution to the network because you lost, you took supply away. There's only 21 million that will ever exist, probably less now because a lot have been lost. But in the past 24 months, has Bitcoin dropped, stabilized, the best, or went it's up? It's the best performing asset in 2023. It's not even close. So what was it in 2022? Oh, it was a bad bear market. I mean, I think, I think in 2022, it dipped all the way down to 15K. Okay, so it's doubled 30-ish, 30 yeah. to 1? Yeah. Interesting. Are there Bitcoin brokers? There's no brokers then. What do you mean brokers? Well, bro- like a broker in like traditional stock. You have a stock broker. Yeah. Someone who's the middleman. There's no middleman in Bitcoin. No, right? of no. course not. You buy it from an exchange. You might pay a small fee, you know, a dollar, 30 cents, something like that. But uh, the funniest part is like people, because I own ATMs, and people are like, so you're going to do Bitcoin ATMs? I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I, the fact he owns ATM machines. It's a, I if think, that's not some Flint, Michigan shit, I don't know what I'm is. not going to lie. That is one of the things I've seen. I always say TikTok, but I mean Instagram, whatever, the reels. Like, what people talk about is a big business right now is owning ATMs. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you, I mean, like, in your in Vegas at the strip club, like, yeah, I can see it being and you huge. Pr- and you probably paid $15 surcharge without even knowing it oh. in Vegas. Oh, Ye- yeah. Easily. 15, please. Yeah, I think I paid yeah. like $102 to pull money out <laughs> in, at Mandalay Bay yeah. last time I was there. Yeah. No, owning ATMs is great. But I think Chris doesn't like to gamble at all, if you can tell Just by the little. way. <laughs> Not at all. Blackjack? Slots. Okay. Dude. But slots. I remember? He's, I'm the guy that shoves his head in the fire to see what happens. I know, but slots. He gets comped at, 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 at hotels and uh, casinos in Vegas. Because he plays slots to that degree. You're you're like 75 years old. <laughs> That's that you're with a 75 like a, year old lady with a fedora <laughs> yeah. and like a palm tree shirt. How fun is that though, man? If you're just a 75 year old retired, go play right. slots. Everybody, we got we got to go drink at another place. Go. All right, see ya.